0: Hallelujah Father thank you for your anointing Holy Spirit for your presence on every heart Father help us today to listen and to learn and to grow in your ways Lord God in Jesus name Amen praise God you may be seated thank you musicians do an awesome job Praise God, how wonderful to be here, Look at all those beautiful faces. So we are preaching on the Holy Spirit, part of Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist, Luke 3, 16 said this, I baptise you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we've been looking at how the Holy Spirit is in our world, how he is like wind, like water, he's a seal, he's a beautiful gentle dove, he's oil, all these metaphors that the Bible uses to describe our beautiful Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist used one, he said he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire. So I really want to speak about that part of fire that is powerful. We see the power. All Australians know the power of fire. And unfortunately, California, we can see the destructive power of fire. But fire is incredibly powerful when it's used correctly. And the Holy Spirit comes and, and baptises us with himself and with, a, with fire, with power. Jesus said this. Let's look in Acts 1, chapter 4. Uh, chapter, sorry, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. He says this. My iPad to work. Praise God. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. They were assembled together and he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the, fa- of the Father. He said, you've heard from me. <clears throat> John truly baptised with water, but you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he goes on, in verse 8, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power. God wants us to be powerful. What a great word. He wants us to be powerful Christians with fire in our bellies, fire in our mouth. He wants us to have a a powerful life. What does that look like, to be powerful? Why did Jesus say to wait? Don't, leave Jerusalem. Wait, 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 wait for this power. Surely they had enough. They'd learnt so much about Jesus' ways. They'd been spending time with him. Surely surely they were ready. And surely they, they, they wanted to go home. Jerusalem had not been so pleasant for them. This was the centre where Jesus had been, you know, tried and they'd had all these troubles. I'm sure they just wanted to go home to nice snuggly Galilee, you know, and all the disciples where they belonged and go and just, look, let's just go home, okay? We'll just do Christianity at home and be comfortable because we can have a nice, comfortable Christianity and be very nice people. But he said, no, don't do that. I want you to wait here in Jerusalem, which maybe not, wasn't so comfortable. I want you to wait in this place for something more. Something more, some more power than they already had. And we need to ask ourselves as Christians, are we waiting for more? Are we looking for that? Are we looking for more or are we content to sort of just be nice Christians? Because Jesus said, no, no, wait. You, don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave until you get more. I love that. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Wait in Jerusalem. Now it's interesting, in John 20, 22, they saw Jesus after he'd come back from the dead and he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So, this is really interesting because he'd already breathed on them, and they'd already received the Holy Spirit. And and to me, this speaks of being born again, where God is, you know, powerfully by His Holy Spirit dealing with our sins, causing us to be forgiven, and also to forgive, which is an enormous thing. We heard from Ian McCormack, you know, our friend who who died and went to heaven a few weeks ago and he got stung by a box jellyfish man and just as he was dying he was born again like don't leave it that late guys because that's scary stuff but anyway he did leave it late and at that very moment of salvation the Lord was speaking to him about forgiving you got to forgive that guy he just pointed to one guy you got to forgive him forgive that guy that didn't help you and be forgiven that that the issue of sin is vital in dealing with our salvation our eternal salvation, and. I, You know, I was just um, speaking the other day to someone who has a grievance against a a man that you know, a family member, and I said, "You're going to need to forgive them." And just the anger, you don't know what they did to me, like, and this, and refusal to forgive, like, no, you don't understand. I'm just like, and I just felt, oh, it's very, that's scary stuff. You have to forgive, like, it's important. But we see all of this when Jesus said receive the Holy Spirit. So there's a a work of the Holy Spirit in, in being received and in dealing with our sins and the sins of others. But he doesn't just want our sins to be dealt with. He doesn't just want us to be in the right place with him. He wants us to be powerful. And he says, You will be my witnesses. So he doesn't just want us to be at home being nice Christians, he wants us to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. He, said, he uses that term, I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, I grew up in the Anglican Church and, <laughs> you know, oh, there was, there's been such a lot of debate and confusion, I suppose, around this whole issue of baptism in the Holy Spirit, and, and you know, some people are very definite that you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit, and then afterwards there's a subsequent experience, you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, and you, you may or may not, you know, speak in tongues or get spiritual gifts. And I guess my approach to this all now is this. I think the Holy Spirit is a little mysterious, and I think we need to be careful putting him in boxes. And I've met some beautiful, in my case Anglicans or other denominational people who sort of, you know, no no, we don't do that anymore. We don't have spiritual gifts and we don't speak in tongues and we don't do that and we don't do this and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit means this and this is the way it is. And I sort of think, you know, and that's what I was taught. And I'm like, yeah, but those Pentecostals are having fun and they speak in tongues and I want that. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, but I don't want to miss out. So I'm kind of like... Well, I don't want to argue. I mean, I'm not—you know—I'm not some fancy theologian. I just know that there's a whole bunch of people doing more. So I sort of trot over to the Pentecostals and I think, "Yeah, come on, let's 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 have a bit more. I just want more. I don't—I'm not going to fuss about the terms. But then it's interesting because then I've met some Pentecostals saying, so, "Oh yeah, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking tongues." I'm like, "I don't think you get it." It's just not, I don't think we should just put it all in a box. I just think we receive the Holy Spirit, we get baptized. There's clearly something here, baptized with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible speaks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I've met some Pentecostals who are pretty drab, who could afford to get you know a bit more passionate, a bit more filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's not get caught up in terms, okay? Let's not get caught up in, in what it is. All I know is, and this I do know, we all need more, okay? This I know. So, if you think you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, great, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you don't think you've been baptized in the Spirit Holy Spirit, whatever, don't worry about what it's called. just get more. Do you see what I'm saying? I just I, don't, I just don't think we should try to be too boxy with our with our theology. I just think there is more for all of us. there's power, there is power, and we can all have more power. So let's be determined to press in to all that God has, because that's the lesson that Jesus said. He said, "Wait and you shall receive power so if you don't feel powerful come on wait come here this is a good place to be because we're preaching about that this morning and we see this throughout the book of acts acts 10:44 it said the holy spirit fell on all those who heard the word because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify god so there's an exciting spiritual gift they were speaking in tongues acts 19:1 to 6 paul said did you receive the holy spirit when you believed and they said, we, didn't, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, that's my experience. When I sought God, I just, I'd just i only been to church, you know, the odd Christmas. I didn't know anything. I just knew there was God and Jesus. And I sought God with all my heart, and I got gloriously born again one night in my bedroom. And I had never heard of the Holy Spirit. I'd literally never heard that there was – I'd never heard of him. So I didn't know if I received him or not. I didn't even hear. I never heard about him. I was just a kid. I didn't hear about him till later. I'm like, oh, there's another. Okay, what's, who, what, what's it? I used to call it it. You know, what's, what's that? What, what is it? <laughs> I didn't know anything about him. So I had to learn about him. And so, and it says here, and so Paul laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now that was my experience because I'd never heard about the Holy Spirit, but I know that I was born again. I mean, I saw a light from heaven. I was... I was, you know, the Holy Spirit moved on me. I just didn't know him. And it wasn't until later that I met other Christians and I learned about the Holy Spirit and I said, "Oh, well, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have it. I'll have that. I'll have everything. I'll have anything. I just want more of God. Uh, so, so you can be a Christian and you can be born again, but you can be missing out because you don't understand the Holy Spirit. You don't know him. You don't work with him. You don't walk in the Spirit. You don't know what it is to be filled with power. But we do need the power of God. To, to preach the gospel, to spread the good news, to live wonderfully. There are, there are spiritual gifts. Let's, let's walk in these spiritual gifts. Let's walk in victory. Let's, let's show his glory, just everyday life. I feel as if God spoke to me about electricity, actually. I felt like electricity was a great, a great example. And with electricity, you, you know, it's constantly flowing around, but are you plugged in? And it's an incredible power and it's controlled, so it's not crazy. And, and, and it's so wonderful to have. But are we plugged in? Do we, you know, are we a, a, a conductor? I'm not great on the all electrical things, but I know we can be a conductor. You can plug in, you can be like a light or fire or warmth or so many things that this, this power does. Now, every now and again, you know, you read and see shows on TV or whatever about the Amish... And I actually really love them. There's one family in particular that were clearly a beautiful born-again family. I, I just I loved this particular documentary. And they choose to live, you know, without electricity for, for the most part and without modern things. There's a, there was a, an article about some Australians that are just starting to live as Amish down in Tasmania. And I think that's really fine. I quite like them, actually. Good on them. Sort of romantic and that's what they want to do. It doesn't worry me as long as they're born again. Um, and they choose to live without power. So that's their choice. But spiritually, as Christians, we ought not to make that choice. Jesus said, wait and receive power. We should not be Christian Amish. Nice people, good people, solid people, but no power. That's not the way that God has called us to live. He wants us to be switched on into the power source. He wants us to be continually, every single day, living with this power. And I believe that we need it every single day. I actually believe that the, the power we're talking about isn't just for the odd sort of wow experiencing God. We need power every single day to live a great Christian life, to to continue on, the one Corinthians four twenty says the kingdom of God does not consist in talk but in power. It takes power to forgive. It really does. Like this, this lady I was talking to, it takes it takes emotional power to forgive a, a, a grave injustice. It takes power to love someone year after year after year. Don't don't dismiss power and say, well, I don't do all this you know spiritual gifts stuff I, I'm just living a good life it's like you need power to live a good life you're going to need the power of, of electricity as it were flowing through your life to be faithful year after year of service how, how long are you going to serve God for and your own strength you know I see people they're all keen you know they're all happening two three years four five certainly not past their about 35 you know it's kind of oh I've done that that's so boring. Don't be like that. Be powerful up until you're 80 or 90. Isn't that the way to be? Yes. Got a couple here who have been serving in the Salvation Army churches. I don't know what you call yourselves. Are you captains or major? Okay, good. <laughs> I don't want to sort of downrank you there. But, you know, and they've been serving for, how you know, 20, 38 years. That takes power. Come on, give them a clap. That's awesome. That's awesome. Romans 15:30, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. It's very easy after you've been on this earth for a little while to get a bit negative and depressed about life, because life is quite tough in a lot of ways. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 and still full of hope and buoyant and full of life. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit do you have this hope. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, you look at life and you think, well, the place is a mess. I mean, I saw a documentary about plastic in the ocean. I'm I'm just like, it's terrible. All the birds are eating all the plastic. It's just, I'm just like, oh, this is bad. I mean... They cut open the tummies of these birds and they're just full, like full, full of little pieces of plastic. It really saddened me. But I'm like, well, our hope is in the Lord. Praise God we're getting a new heaven and a new earth. And praise God God is giving us answers and solutions. So we need this power. We need to live in power all the time. Just, you know, speaking of fire, just last night and then again this morning, I I saw this um, you know, this, these terrible fires in, in California and there's a, a fabulous video, I've, I put it on my Facebook site if you want to see, of, of this family that is escaping and she, the, the wife's videotaping and they're driving through fire and it's very, very full on. It's like, oh, and you can hear the wife's, oh, like this, and, and she's just filming there and there's cars sitting there and then right where they were, people died in their cars. So it's very full on and, and she's a Christian. And she's praying. And I just, uh, this is her prayer, I wrote because that's why I listened again. I wrote it down. She just, you hear her sort of go, oh, she's like, oh. And then she goes, she calms herself and she goes, this is her prayer. Heavenly Father, please help us. Please help us to be safe. I'm thankful for Jeremy and his willingness to be brave. Bryn Chatfield, her name is. That the right there is the power of God. To me, I was so impressed with this woman, and this moment of so close to death and such fearful moment. She takes a breath and calmly, and I noticed later because I was you know going through her Facebook thing. She's got kids. You know, I don't know if they're in the back of the car there, but please help us. Please help us to be safe. Like just calmly call out to God, Father. We need you right now. She's praying, and then I'm thankful wow this woman has prayed before she knows what it means to pray I'm thankful is that the first thing that would come out of your mouth when you're driving through a fire and everything's being burnt and your house is possibly on fire and there's people I'm thankful she finds something to be thankful about I was like you champion I'm giving you a major hug in heaven when I see you like I'm thankful for what The whole, they look—they look like they're in an—they look like they're in hell. It's like an inferno. I'm thankful for, you know, uh, learn a lesson, find something to be thankful for. Jeremy, my husband, for for his willingness to be brave. I'm like, and you're being a good wife. You're actually encouraging your husband right now. Good on you, honey. I'm just like. You are a legend. That is a legend prayer there, right there. And that's what just popped out of her mouth. I'm sure this woman's been praying before. This is what pops out of her mouth in this moment of crisis. That is the power of God. And the power of God saved them. They got through and they're rescued. And she's got like, you know, 20 million shares on Facebook. So, you know, she'll be on CNN, no doubt. But, you know, that's that's what we need in life. You don't know when these things are going to happen. We don't know... You know, there's, there's everyday forgiveness. There's everyday loving and, and getting through life and, and just being a beautiful person. But there's moments of crisis in life. And we need the power of God. And Jesus knew that. So he said, wait and receive power. Wait, get this power from the Holy Spirit. Come on, even now, even now as I speak to you, open your heart up. We're going to pray at the end here. And then we're going to pray for people who want to be anything filled with more power Maybe filled with receiving the Holy Spirit and being born again, filled with power, just a top-up, whatever it is. We're going to pray for you. But open your heart now. Open your heart and say, yes, that's me. I am determined to have the power to live faithfully, to serve year after year. I'm determined for my, to be able to pray in moments of crisis like this. I'm determined to experience the power of God in my everyday life. And I'm determined to experience miracles and healings. And, you know, the Bible speaks about spiritual gifts. Let's not just dismiss them either. You know, we all have gifts. Corinthians speaks of the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, gifts of tongues, gifts of intercession, interpretation. What are these gifts? You know, we teach about them sometimes, but how does that work for me? How, what do I do? Do I have a gift? This is exciting stuff. Let's, let's determine to, to move in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm committed to this. I'm committed to grow in holiness in Christ-likeness But I'm committed to growing the power of God I had a moment where I went to a conference And Bill Johnson prayed for me And he laid hands on my hands And he's a man who experiences the power of God And he said, may bolts of lightning come forth from these hands I know, right? I was like, yeah So bolts of lightning are great What does that look like? You know, you hear all these weird spiritual terms What is that? How does that? How do I work that out? Now, I've got so much to learn, and, and so do we all. But we, we need to not water down our Christianity because we're not seeing as much as we want, or, or use theological excuses to sort of say, well, you know, the, it doesn't happen like that. Or I know that God is operating in great power right now, and I want to be a part of it. I, I know that people are operating the gifts of the Spirit, there's miracles, there's healings all over the place. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I've just—I've been reading all sorts of fabulous books about power and miracles. I've been having a fabulous week. It's really fun when you do this sort of research. I feel like very excited. And I do highly recommend Lee Strobel's book, *The Case for Miracles*. You know, he's a very—he wrote *The Case for Christ*, a very, a very thoughtful man. A very actually, there's a movie out about him now. It's—it's a great movie. You should see it because he was an atheist. And he went to to prove, he wanted to prove, you know, that it's not true. So it's all not true. So he just did all this journalistic exploration and as he did it, he's like, oh my goodness, it's true. (laughs) So he became a Christian and wrote a book about it and there's a movie, it's a great movie. But he also has done this study on the case for miracles. And the book is very exciting to read because he, as a journalist, goes through and finds documented real-life miracles that are happening today. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Barbara. Barbara had MS, multiple sclerosis, and over a period of 16 years, this is back in the 1980s, her body declined. By 81, well actually early in the 70s as well, she hadn't been able to walk for seven years. She got to a place where she was confined to bed. Her body gradually twisted up like a pretzel into a fetal position, her feet were locked in a downward position and her hands were so flexed that her fingers touched her wrists. She had no control, control over her bowels. She was legally bind and a feeding tube was used to feed her. They put her in a hospice. She had months to live. This is all documented. One day a call for prayer went out over the local radio station for Barbara. And Barbara's aunt came to read her and some of the responses to this prayer. Because uh, they said about 450 people responded and said, we are praying for you, Barbara. We're praying for you. And they let her know this. On Pentecost Sunday, she was lying in bed and she heard a voice behind her saying, my child, get up and walk. The voice was spoken with great authority and great compassion. Barbara said to the people standing there, God has just spoken to me. Run and get my family. I'm going to get up and walk. And they were like, Whoa, wait, what, what, what? So she, they ran to get her family. And at that mo- and then she jumped out of bed, removed her oxygen. Her vision returned. She could move her hands and feet freely. Her mother dropped to her knees, who'd just come in, and felt her calves and said, you have muscles again. She was completely healed. It was Sunday And they went to church that Sunday and during the service when they asked for announcements, Barbara casually strolled down the aisle. (laughs) People started clapping and cheering and then everyone spontaneously broke out into amazing grace. How sweet the sound. She's been healed for over 30 years now. Her doctor, Dr Thomas Marshall said, I have never witnessed anything like this and I consider it a rare privilege to observe the hand of God perform a true miracle. So there's just one miracle and this book is full of them, I love that one because when she said she walked down the aisle and everybody clapped and cheered, of course it reminded me of the miracle that we had with young Jedediah who was dead for 20 minutes, 19 minutes and who we prayed for as a church and who came to life and wasn't expected that I was just reading about it the other day the doctor said to Rishita, let him go let him go there she is she, they said let him go Rishita. let him go and, she says, uh, that he, she said, and they said something like he'll go to heaven and you said I don't want my baby in heaven I want him here <laughs> I don't want him in heaven <laughs> And so here he was, and here he is. And we prayed for every single part of his body that they said, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. doesn't work. And finally, his legs weren't working so well. And, uh, you know, he's still got a bit to go. But I remember there was a week when I saw him and I said, Rashida, you need to take him out to the park so he can get outside more. And she said, okay, yes, yes, I will. She's a good girl. And uh, he hadn't been walking. And I noticed the other babies his age were walking. He really needed to be walking. And then that morning... Do you remember? We were just all sitting here and she just let him go and he walked up the aisle and we were, same thing. We all started clapping like, yes, yes, getting there. Victory, amen. So it's very exciting. So you sort of see these miracles and this doctor says, I've never seen that. It's like, well, I have. I've seen it and I want to see more. And I know that God is the God of miracles. And oh, yes, what mystery there is in all of this business of healing and miracles and who knows why and when sometimes God is a little mysterious. But we know that he does do these great miracles, and we know that he is wanting to do more. And I don't, I'm not going to sort of discount God because I don't understand why or when or, you know, why this kid and not that kid. I don't know. But I do know that God wants us to have power, and God wants us to boldly move in this power. He wants us to use spiritual gifts, He wants us to reach out and do amazing things for Him. And I know that you all do. I brought this up on here at stage. Because these are some of the prayer, these are some of the praise reports. So every time someone gets healed here, we write them. Look at this. Look at this. Look at all these. A lot of them are now I actually don't print out because the computers are better these days. But, but I just went through this. It was so exciting. Like remember that Dale? He couldn't couldn't walk. His back was so bad. For years he was on these incredible amounts of, was it this this opium sort of stuff? What was it? I can't remember what it's called it's um, not opium, but <laughs> it was an opiate. Morphine. Mor- he <laughs> was on he was on morphine. It's fifty gram oral morphine, which is it's an, it's all they're all opiates. They get it all from the same thing. We've got We've got, I just, I just, some of them, the, the children, we've been teaching about healing for the children, and this is a while ago, and so the kids were all wanting to heal. Someone said, who's sick, who's sick? And someone said, well, I'm lactose intolerant. So they prayed for him. We didn't know about this. The kids prayed for him with their young youth worker, went down to the kitchen, got a big, huge glass of milk, came back up and said, here, you're healed, you're healed. So the kid drinks his whole glass of milk and was fine and has been healed ever since. I know, right? How cool is that? Like, this no, is just... no. <laughs> so that was the end of him. No, that was the end of him being lactose intolerant. Linda Brady prayed for a woman with a broken wrist. That was healed straight away. We had... I mean, it's just really fun. There's someone here off antidepressants after five years. Someone with a lump on their breast. Chris prayed for it and it went on the Sunday. Another child said that their, their child was born without an optic nerve. And they said that the child is blind in one eye. And so Chris prayed for the child and then they went back to the hospital and they said, oh, the optic nerve is there. Sorry, we were wrong. Like, you know, and now the child can see in that eye. Endometriosis, couldn't get pregnant, had a baby. Polycystic ovarian syndrome, couldn't get pregnant, had a baby. It's a great church to be in if you want to have babies. I'm telling you, we prayed so many times. More severe back pain, couldn't even move. I couldn't get out of bed, but after prayer... Totally healed. Ear infection, they said, could wouldn't go. The chemist says it won't clear up without antibiotics. It did. Naomi fell down the steps. The X-ray confirmed a sacral fracture on the tailbone. She was in a large amount of pain. We prayed for her. The next morning, the MRI came back with no break, just a soft tissue injury. And there was another one that, that happened too. The phased little boy. had He broke a bone, and they said it was broken, and then it wasn't broken. Here's one where the um, there was with Bethany was bleeding in one eye and they said it might have been a skull fracture and you could tell because then the bleeding would come to the other eye and then it did go to the other eye but when they took the MRI there was no skull fracture and they're just like what so how does blood get from one eye to the other eye except going through the brain and except if you heal it in the middle and so it just it just goes on and on and on it's really exciting if you want to get excited read all of these some of them are just sweet and amazing gallstones that disappeared Two in in the same day, two of the people were in hospital, and they had these, and they diagnosed with gallstones, and then the pain suddenly left, and they said, "Oh, no gallstones." It just goes on and on. I could just, I mean, look at them. I could just look at all that. They're all healings and all healings, provision, God supplying. This is when we pray. This is what happens in a normal church. This is just normal church life, and we need to not sort of discount it. You can almost forget. You know, you can sort of just cruise on, go, "Oh, nothing much. We, We don't have anything like that." Yes, we do. Well, that's why we write it down because you can forget and there's power in testimony, there's power in remembering and the Bible says magnify the Lord, make it big but remember what He has done because He does amazing things in our church. He does amazing things in the kingdom. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the fire of God that is just part of life and we can get blasé about it but I'm encouraging this morning, don't be blasé about it. Be excited about the power of God, be excited about what He's doing. I wanna share one more testimony about about a guy called Dwayne Miller. And you've, you've got to look up this guy on YouTube. It's so much fun. He was a preacher. He got the flu. And he lost his voice one morning. Got a bit scratchy. But that flu just went and attacked his vocal cords and permanently damaged them beyond repair. And he lost his voice. He spoke like this. Terrible voice to preach with. Terrible to take off as well. Anyway, he... Um, Over three years, he went to 63 specialists. He felt like there was something choking his voice the whole time. After a year, he had to step down from church. He was devastated. He couldn't couldn't preach. He struggled with depression and discouragement. They moved cities. His wife had to work. He couldn't even find a job. One Sunday, the church that he was going to at that time, they asked him to teach he said look you know I sound horrible they're not going to want to listen cuz he could but just that horrible scratchy voice but he taught anyway this is in a southern baptist church and they taped the message he started to teach on psalm 103 he forgives all my sins he heals all my diseases he says i don't understand it but i know he does it and he's preaching like this and then he's and then as he's preaching he says, and, and it's it, god he and god and god heals and you can hear it on youtube it's so cool like, and then he's like well, and, and then all of a sudden his voice, his voice just gradually gets normal and he's going, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And it's just like, oh. And you can, it's taped. His healing is taped. It's the coolest thing. And so, yeah, he just, you just can hear it. You go and look it up. Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E, Dwayne Miller. And then he wrote a book on him out of the silence. And it's just a lovely testimony. This is the power of God. This is exciting. This is what God wants us to sit around and talk about. He doesn't want us to sit around and talk about, you know, what's going wrong. What, what's, what's all the bad stuff? He wants us to magnify the Lord together and share His good news. Share the good news of the power of God, whether it's delivering us from a fire or whether it's, it's, it's giving us the power to forgive, the power to live and love for, and serve in church for 50 years. Or whether it's the power of God to see miracles, gifts, healings, you name it. This is, this is the life that we're called to live. It's very exciting. It's a great life. I recommend you get, get on board. Come on. Be a part of this. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how young. If you say, I'm, I'm weak, Fantastic. Paul says, I boast in my weaknesses because when I am weak, then I am strong. The weaker we feel we are, the easier it is for the power of God to move through us because pride doesn't get in the way. So if you think you're weak, great. You are ready to start moving in the power of God like Paul was. Amen. Come on.